son. Where'd you find this? You are now listening to Podcast 42, the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. Hey, Grandma, what are you doing over there on your rocker? <laughs> it never made this noise before. I went with the PG version. I could have said something worse. Worse than, hey, Grandma, what are you doing on your rocker? Well, not, not now, because before it was sounded like bed springs, but now oh, it just sounds like... I get the joke now. A, ...a porch breaking. Okay. Got it. Speaking of having sex on the porch, it's time for <laughs> Podcast 42. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasone. I'm having sex on the porch because I'm J.L. Trose. Because you're J.L. Trose? That's right. That's where I do it at all times. Oh, boy. Out in the open for all to see. Oh, gosh. This is where you jump in and say your name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, stage fright. <laughs> and I'm Laura. There you go. That wasn't so hard. It's horrible. It's not that horrible. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. Let's open up the beer cooler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink, yeah. And Laura, you stocked the beer cooler this week for JL. What did you bring? Um, I brought the Highland Brewing um, Company's Daycation IPA. It is from Asheville, North Carolina. And this proves that you don't listen to this show because you brought an IPA to stock to the beer cooler. <laughs> Chris hates IPAs. I hate IPAs. Oh, trust me. I know you hate IPAs, which is why I brought it. Oh, great. <laughs> so he wouldn't steal any of it? Exactly. Exactly. So how this works is we're going to sip this beer throughout the show. And at the very end of the show, we're going to give it a rating. The rating is one through six. This equals a six pack. So flavor-wise, could you drink six of them? Yes. Doesn't All right, I got it. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to physically drink six. It's a pretend six. <laughs> okay. 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 Some people don't understand this. Okay, well, I understand. It, do, it makes sense? It makes sense. I give the label a one. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Very boring. You have the rolling hills of North Carolina, but that's about it. It is a hoppy floral session, and it's 4.9 ABV. She read that off the back of the bottle. I'm, That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to say you might be surprised by my rating. I'm just oh, going to give it boy. a two. <laughs> First sip there wasn't so bad. You said you didn't like this? No, I don't like IPAs. But did you try this? <laughs> yes. So she bought it. You bought it because you knew Chris wouldn't like it. No, but you don't like it either. No, so. honestly, it was, in the, it was in the sampler pack. Uh, yeah, it was left over. Okay. <laughs> that explains why there's only two. Yes. Got it. Got I it. thought she was just thirsty and drank them. That's what no. I thought. But then she said she didn't like them. So that's why it was very confusing, all of this. It is it very, very confusing. confusing. How come you don't yell at Laura when she only brings so many beers? And you look at me and go, Jill, why are there only five? I never said that. Yeah, usually you do. You're like, why would you only bring five? And I go, well, I was thirsty. It was a long drive. Oh, I do say that. <laughs> but guess what? It's pop quiz time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yay. Well, and what are we doing the pop We're doing now? Dave Grohl oh. slash Foo Fighters oh. slash Nirvana. Oh. So everyone get out slash your uh, every band. pens and papers. Okay. This pop quiz is called I Won't Be Food Again. Huh. Or you can grow your own way. Huh. Just five general knowledge facts on Dave Grohl in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge on him score one point for each correct answer question number one what was the title nirvana's breakthrough album hint it contained the single smells like teen spirit what was the title of the album or you have to write down an answer even if you don't know it i didn't tell you that part you sometimes get bonus points if it's a really funny answer sometimes sometimes nicole does not get bonus points i get pity points i don't get bonus (laughs) points Question number two. What instrument is Dave Grohl most known for? Although he plays many, he gets notoriety from playing this particular instrument. It is not the flute. Oh, wait. I got to change my answer. (laughs) Question number three. What former late night talk show host was a huge fan of the Foo Fighters? Like how former? Um, within the last 50 years. Oh, that's a window. Okay. Oyo. <laughs> he was not a fan of the Foo Fighters before Dave Grohl was born. Well, but they weren't around before Dave Grohl was born. <laughs> yes, they born. There you go. That should give you your window. <laughs> uh, number four. I haven't wrote anything well, yet. you got to write something. I don't know what to write. It's only an hour show. you got to write something. Can it be multiple choice? No, write one person. Uh, it's not Jimmy Fallon. It's not Jimmy Fallon. Hey, 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 hey. What former president used Foo Fighter songs at his rallies without Grohl's consent? What former president, running for president, used the songs, didn't ask Grohl. Grohl said, hey, man. Was he elected president? I can't tell you that. That would give But it was the... during his campaign. I will give you a he hint. He said former president. He didn't say well, former presidential candidate. But then he said something about the campaign. I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Of course. <laughs> Can you repeat the question? I will give you a hint. Okay. It is not Abraham Lincoln. Oh, that's what I wrote. That's outside of the 50-year window, so that's not really a good hint. <laughs> it was 50 years for the TV host, uh, not the president. Well... Yeah. Dave Grohl's been around for a long time. <laughs> Question number five. In which sci-fi show did Dave make a cameo appearance? Sci-fi show on TV, he made a cameo appearance. What was the name of that show? Was it a show just on the sci-fi channel? No, it was a science fiction based <laughs> show. Could have been on the sci-fi channel, but that's not what the question was asking. All right, write something down. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm not She's still confident. writing. It's a very long title. <laughs> it really isn't. All right. <laughs> what, what did you pick? The greatest American hero? <laughs> Question number one. What was the title Nirvana's breakthrough album, Nicole? Smells like Teen Spirit. That was the hint. I know. Well, the, sometimes the name of the song is also the name of the album. Laura? Never mind. JL? Never mind. Never mind. Score one point. Yay, me. You gotta write one down. Oh, do I have to write that yeah. down? Well, how are you gonna it's know a, your score? Yeah, it's a competition. I like to win. We don't keep score. I keep score. I keep score. I never keep... I, I guess it's pointless for me to keep score. That's I, why I don't keep score. <laughs> I keep track of my stats for how well I do on the on this whole thing. <laughs> Number two, what instrument is Dave Grohl most known for? Although he plays 412 instruments, this is the one that most people know that he plays. And it's not the flute. It's not the flute. Laura? What? The drums. The drums. Mm. Nicole? The drums. The drums. JL? Ooh, I'm going to go with drums. Drums, I oh, guess. Oh, really? That's correct. Everybody <laughs> gets a point. What former late night talk show host was a huge fan of the Foo Fighters? JL? David Letterman. 
Nicole. I also said David Letterman. I picked Laura. the one I know that was before Jimmy Fallon, and I went Jay Leno. Jay Leno. That was that was a good <laughs> guess. That is David Letterman. Question number four. What former president used Foo Fighter songs at his rallies without Grohl's consent? Jail. George W. Bush. Nicole. I also said George W. Bush. Laura. I went Clinton. I don't know. <laughs> Clinton is incorrect. It was George W. Bush. I feel like they knew the questions before tonight. I'm just... I have my answers. Don't, that may not, that may be, it could be. That could have happened. <laughs> Question number five. In which sci-fi show did Dave make a cameo appearance? Nicole. The Twilight Zone? JL. The X-Files. Laura. I went the Science Mystery Theater 3000. That's what was taking you so yes. long. <laughs> I had to write all those words. You, know, you, you could have just wrote 3000. MST3K. I, I don't even know if that was the right name of it. I just thought it was a cool one. They're all good guesses. However, JL, you're correct. It's the X-Files. Oh. Well, you could have told me the truth was out there. Nope. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. All right, who's ready? Nope. Nobody's ready? We're ready. All right. I need more beer. We'll get to drinking. David Eric Grohl was birds on January 14th, 1969. In- hey, that was the day before me, but not in 1969. <laughs> then it wasn't the day before you. <laughs> before you. Well, I'm January 15th. It was like 20 years before you. It wasn't 20 years. This like two. This it was 18 years before you. 1969? 15 years before you. Math is hard. I don't know. Why do you keep looking at me? Just give me the answer. Because <laughs> now I'm confused. It was 14 years. I think it was 14 years. Okay, 14 years. Well, he was born in Warren, Ohio. His mother was a teacher and his father was a news writer. One day, Grohl's parents decided they hated each other and got divorced, leaving David to grow up solely with his mother. (laughs) Jail's losing his beer. At the age of 12, Grohl took guitar lessons. I hate guitar lessons. So he taught himself instead. One summer, Grohl and his sister spent it in Evanston, Illinois, at their cousin Tracy's house. Tracy turned them on to punk rock by taking them to see Naked Raygun at the Cubby Bear in Chicago. Who'd they go see? Naked Raygun. Oh, okay. From then on, we were totally punk. We went home and bought Maximum Rock and Roll and tried to figure it all out. Dave got into the hardcore punk scene. He especially liked the band Bad Brains. Bad Brains was an incredible live band. Some say. (laughs) I like bad brains. You don't like bad brains? I do like bad brains. I like okay. good brains. Kick out the jams. <laughs> Dave enters high school. While in school, Grohl played in many local bands. During a Void concert, he met a guy from the band Freak Baby. Hey. Hey. He soon became Freak Baby's guitarist. One day at rehearsals, the drummer left practice early. Grohl took over on the drums. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you don't think that's how the meeting went down? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how they, that's how it happened. Hey, I don't hey. think so. <laughs> I, we watch documentaries before we do any of this okay. stuff. <laughs> A lot of research goes into this. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> the other band members were impressed at how tight he brought the sound together on the drums. The band renamed themselves Mission Impossible with Grohl as the do, new do, drummer. Do, 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 do. What happened to the other drummer? We don't know. Grohl was not only a great drummer, but fun to watch too. He was a flurry of swinging arms and head. Grohl cited John Bonham, John Bonham, is that yes. how you say it? Yes. As his greatest influence, and eventually had Bonham's three ring symbols tattooed on his wrist. Led Zeppelin. 
Mission Impossible later called themselves Fast Before Breaking Up in 1985, after which Grohl joined the hardcore punk band Drain Dane Bramage. Dane Bramage. That's hard to say because you know what it's supposed to say. <laughs> but anyway, Dane Bramage sounded... I know him. <laughs> sounded like if Husker Du and Frank Zappa had a baby. I'm impressed you knew Husker Du. Uh, that one's a little easier Oh, you don't say. know them? No. You just knew how what to What about say Frank it. Zappa? Did you know him? Nope. Don't eat the yellow snow. I won't. <laughs> I'm in Florida. I don't have to worry about stuff like that. That's a Frank Zappa song. Got yeah. it. It's also a very good life lesson. <laughs> you learn through experience. <laughs> I don't. Sure what did Grohl say? We put out a record on the Fire Blossom label, and we're preparing to tour. However, things just fell apart. At the age of 17, Grohl auditioned with his favorite band, Scream. Ah! Kent Stax, that drummer, he left the band due to family concerns. Stax said, I knew of Grohl from the punk scene. He sounds like Clint Eastwood. I had seen him around. I once gave him my extra taco from my $5 big box from Taco Bell. I more or less gave my approval that he could replace me. I don't think Taco Bell had the box then. Shh, shh. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Don't worry. <laughs> now, in order to be considered for the position, Grohl lied about his age, claiming he was actually 20. To my surprise, the band asked me to join. I wasn't sure. I was still in Dane Bramage. <laughs> and then I remembered I would have to drop out of school because I was only a junior. So I said, hell yeah. <laughs> Over the next four years, Grohl toured with the band, recording a couple of live albums and two studio albums titled No More Censorship and Fumble. Fumble contains the first song Grohl penned and sang called God Looks Down. Scream broke up in 1990 while on the road. Grohl said, I was stranded in L.A. I ended up sleeping on friends' floors and surviving on welfare checks. However, when Scream played in San Francisco, Grohl had met Kurt Cobain and Chris Novoselic Novoselic. through Buzz Osborne of the Melvins. Nirvana was looking for a drummer and Grohl auditioned and got the job. At my first show, I played so hard, I broke the drum kit four times. Oh my goodness. The band also blew the the club's fuses so many times, they eventually had to finish their set by flashlight. Jack and Dino, Nirvana's producer, said, Dave brought a very powerful sort of animal energy to the group. In terms of volume, he's southern. It's hard to match (laughs) what he does on the drums. His style is powerful and simple. There's nothing extra. He brings to the song exactly what it needs and is played with powerful intent. What do you mean that's not Southern? That's pure Southern. That was pure Barney Fife. That is is sweet tea drinking producer Nirvana. (laughs) No. No, it wasn't. Pretty close. You should have practiced before you started this. Uh, we, we did practice. <laughs> oh, you didn't? <laughs> no. Well, you didn't either. You didn't even look no, at the No, JL script. had been talking like that all day today. And in fact, when he talked to me earlier, that's exactly how he talked. Dave brought a very powerful I didn't read the script, energy. but I was practicing the grill. <laughs> <laughs> the band had already recorded several demos for the follow-up to their debut album, Bleach. Is that Bleach? Bletch? Bleach. Bleach. All right. Before Grohl joined. Grohl's first initial months with Nirvana were spent traveling to various labels as the band shopped for a deal. They eventually signed with DGC Records. In the spring of 1991, the band entered Sound City Studios in Los Angeles to record Nevermind. 
Butch Vig, the producer of Nevermind, was a drummer and helped create the sound of the album. Later, Kurt Cobain would state that he was not a fan of Nevermind. Not a fan. Sounded too pop. It's like he's in the room. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of enthusiasts call it bubblegum. However, many grunge histories state the opposite. One even stated that even if other bands had put out those songs, they would still be powerful due to how good the songwriting was. Kurt Cobain uh, turned his pain into art. You see, what I did was I turned my pain into art. (laughs) See? Watch. Ow. That's a song. Ow! There's another song. (laughs) You know that's an exact quote too, right? (laughs) Oh, goodness. That's why there's a disclaimer at the end of the show. (laughs) If you make it to the end, there is a disclaimer. Smells Like Teen Spirit was released on the 9th of December, 1991. I love dates in our show. I know. (laughs) The beautiful. It's so good. It pushed Nirvana onto the top of the charts and covers of magazines all over the world. Nirvana soon struggled with its newfound fame. They turned punk rock mainstream, and unfortunately, mainstream uh, record companies were embracing it. The band went from playing in front of 500 people to playing in front of millions of people. Other troubles began when the photographers and press were only interested in Kurt Cobain, leaving Novoselic and Grohl to the sidelines. Cobain was not comfortable as the front man, though. I decided the lion's share of the profits should come to me. No more of this three-way split shit. I was even (laughs) thinking about getting robots. They could play bass and drums just as good, if not better. Like drum robots with cute little robot drumming arms all over the place. Goodness gracious. This was the start. Isn't split shit a German food? It is. Okay. It comes with schnitzel. Ah, I thought so. Split shit and schnitzel. You can't even say that. Split shit schnitzel. Okay. This was the start of the end of Nirvana and his friendship with Grohl and Novoselic. It wasn't the same family atmosphere that Grohl felt with Scream. The band started to tour in separate buses and also do press as individuals instead of as a complete band. Dave decided to combat the stress of the band and the road by taking short timeouts and recording his own music. Dave Grohl went on uh, went into WGNS Studios and recorded four songs, playing all the instruments himself. The recording was combined with six songs from a previous studio session recorded in late 1900. 1900. <laughs> what? Wow, I told you it could have been Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Maybe He's it was immortal. <laughs> Recorded in late 1990. Ah, okay. <laughs> Man, Crunch came out early. <laughs> Grohl decided to release this music under the pseudonym Late because. I'm an idiot. And I thought it would be funny to say to everybody, sorry, we're late. Ha. Grohl recorded everything himself. That's 1900 humor for you. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) It, It aged well, I suppose. Grohl recorded everything himself, and it was joked that he could record a whole song in 45 minutes by running from one studio room to another, playing different instruments, and recording them separately to be mixed later. The record company wanted to release the late album as a CD. However, Grohl preferred to keep it as a cassette-only release, which the label honored. Can we explain what cassettes are in case people don't know? Does everybody know what a cassette is in this room? It's something you have to rewind with a pencil. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Okay. And it has like a tape, and the tape is kind of what the music is on. 
Yes. Yeah. It's on a tape. Well, I mean, the cassette is what harbors the tape. That's why it's a cassette tape. And the, the tape. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was agreeing with you. Okay. You didn't have to explain okay. it to me. So what is it again? Yeah, I was around I in know. the 1900s. <laughs> I know what a cassette is. <laughs> he was managing Grohl. <laughs> The musician explained later that he refused to do a CD release because... It was never intended to be a big thing. I named the album Pocket Watch because that's how big a cassette should be. It's like a pocket watch. It should become a highly sought-after collective item. Like the Darth Vader figure with the lightsaber that shoots out of his arm. Pew, pew. And I wanted to drive up the price of cassettes to like $3,000. How much on. was that in the 1900s? Uh, for $3,000, yeah. it'd be like three cents. In the 1900s? No, now. If Inflation. it was $3,000 in the 1900s, how much would it be now? Oh, I thought we were going like, if it was $3,000 now, no. how much would it be? No. It no, if he was that. driving it up in the 1900s to 3000 Oh, I get it. It would be uh, 3001 Got it. There was no press release or campaign for the album. It was done pretty much undercover. On September 21st... That would be hard to do it under a cover. Uh, yeah, I guess. I went for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> On September 21st, 1993, Nirvana released the In Utero album, going with producer Steve Albini, formerly of the band Big Black. Nirvana intended for the record to diverge significantly from the polished production of Nevermind. Albini said... We decided on a self-imposed two-week deadline for recording the album. I suggested the band members pay for the sessions with their own money, which they agreed to, which I was glad because I could barely afford a ham sandwich, much less studio fees that totaled $24,000. In 1900, that would be 24 cents. <laughs> I did make $100,000 for my services, which in 1900 would be $10, which I blew on eBay auctions on the Darth Vader figure with the lightsaber that shoots out of his arm. Hey, that sounds familiar. Albini refused to take percentage points on record sales, even though he stood to earn about $500,000 in royalties. Hello, that would be immoral and an insult to the artist, and I don't know... It was that much money, so can I change my mind and take the dough? Too late. It's history. In February 1993, Nirvana traveled to Pachyderm Studio in Cannon Falls, Minnesota to record. Albini did not meet the band members until the first day of recording, though he had spoken to them beforehand about the type of album that they wanted to make. I observed that they wanted to make precisely the sort of record that I'm comfortable doing. And I like doing it comfortably, too, like recording in my underwear. Okay. The group oh. stayed in a house located on the studio grounds during the recording sessions. Navasella compared the isolated conditions to a, a what? What is that? Gulag. What's a gulag? It's like a Russian prison. That's cold, I bet. It's like a soup. A soup? Yeah. I was going to say nice it's a yulog. It's not like a yulog. Is it like goulash? The yes, so you never know what's in it. <laughs> I was going with goulash, but U-log works too. They stayed in a U-log. All right. <laughs> so it's not as cold as a Russian prison if it's a U-log. No. <laughs> and there's hot chocolate on it. There was snow outside. We couldn't go anywhere. We just worked. For most of the sessions, the only people present were the band members, Albini and technician Bot Watson. The band did not want any intrusion during the album production, going as far as not playing any of the work in progress for its record label. Recording began on February 13th and moved quickly. On most days, the group began work around midday, but took breaks for lunch and dinner, and then continued to work through to midnight. 
Cobain, Novoselic, and Grohl recorded their basic instrumental tracks together as a band, except for faster songs like Very Ape and Tourette's, where the drums were recorded separately in a nearby kitchen due to its natural reverb. Albini surrounded Grohl's drum kit with 30 microphones. The only disruption occurred a week into the sessions when Courtney Love arrived because she missed Cobain. I miss you, Kurt Bonnie. You suck, but I miss you. <laughs> She's from Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever listened to her? She's so obnoxious. No, I try not to listen yeah. to her. That's it. See, nobody knows her real voice. <laughs> <laughs> the band Love and Albini refused to go into specifics, but it was stated that Love created tension by criticizing Cobain's work and being confrontational with everyone present. The album was mixed over five days, minus breaks to watch nature videos, set things on fire, and make prank phone calls. Novoselic said... <laughs> First, Novoselic laughed, and then he said... This record was the reawakening of Nirvana and brought us back to the band they were before the fame. But too much before the fame, because we were rich and famous now, where we were not before the fame. Which is what fame means. So I forgot the point I was trying to make. Oh. <laughs> is he the water boy? Yes. <laughs> On the 5th of April, 1994, Kurt Cobain committed suicide, thus ending Nirvana for good. Grohl decided to quit the music world for a while. His friend Mike Watt of the band The Minutemen told Grohl to... Told told Grohl, told him that he needs to start working again. That's how Mike Watt talks. Okay. Told him, told him, to tell him, to tell him. Told Grohl, told him that he needs to start working again. That's not typos. That's how the man is. Got it. For as Grohl was considering never playing music again. (laughs) Then, in October of 1994, Grohl scheduled studio time, again at Robert Lang Studios, and quickly recorded a 15-track demo playing most of all of the instruments himself. I was also wondering if my future might be in drumming for other bands. Grohl took a brief turn with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, including a performance on Saturday Night Live. Petty asked him to join permanently, but Grohl declined. He was no! Al- yeah. He was also rumored as a possible replacement for Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam drummer Dave Abruzzese. Sure. How do you say it? A bruzezi? No, that's how Bruzezzi. I said it. How oh, okay. is it supposed to be said? A bruzezi. A bruzezi? Okay, sure. After passing the demo around, Grohl found himself with considerable major label interest. Grohl did not want the effort to be considered the start of a solo career, so he recruited other band members. Former Gems and touring Nirvana... Germs. Huh? Germs. germs. I'm sorry. Former yeah, Germs. Gem had the holograms. <laughs> <laughs> gems is not a great punk band name. Just, they're totally outrageous. Just for the record. Totally, totally outrageous. <laughs> now she jumps in. <laughs> Former After Germs. laughing at all my voices, now she jumps in. I know. She's been critiquing every single impression there is. <laughs> I just find them interesting. <laughs> They're only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yay. Uh, recruited other band members, former Germs and touring Nirvana guitarist Pat Smear, and two members of the recently disbanded Sunny Day Real Estate, William Goldsmith on the drums and Nate Mendel on the bass. Rather than re-record the album, Grohl's demo was given a professional mix and was released in July 1995 as the Foo Fighters' debut album. The Foo's toured for the self-titled album for more than a year. Grohl returned home and began work on the soundtrack to the 1997 movie Touch. 
Grohl performed all of the instruments and vocals himself, save for vocals from Veruca Salt singer Louise Post on the title track. Wait, I have a question because I yes. totally stopped listening. So you didn't okay. <laughs> you didn't have to add the last. You didn't have to say the last. Part. Well, but I did. I okay. have to see a lot of the time. Don't worry. Go okay, on. good. So <laughs> this is why we have you reading everything now. <laughs> it's not registering. I'm just reading the words. All I ever heard was that Grohl kept playing all the instruments and stuff himself. So right. is there any other members in the Foo Fighters or is it just him? Well, yes, because we just... I missed that part. We just read that paragraph. <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking because I missed that. just listed all the because members. Because then I was like, maybe there were members, but then she went right back into him recording every instrument himself. So I got kind of confused. This is the second. This is the soundtrack to the movie Touch. I understand, but you would think he would record it with the Foo Fighters and not just himself. Why? If he can do it best by himself. Right. So are there any other members in the Foo Fighters? Yes, we named them. Does, was his okay. face record his soundtrack with Oingo Boingo or does he do it by himself now? Danny Elfman. The name escaped me for a moment. Does Danny Elfman? No, but those are two. Those are two Boingo? separate entities. But Danny Elfman did he also albums with Oingo Boingo yeah. as a band, or did he do it by himself? Ooh, yeah, maybe he played all the instruments himself too. I doubt it. You should do a Danny Elfman special. We might. You can turn out for that one pick. too. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if I was written into the script. Mm-hmm. Hey now. I'm just hey saying. now. You could have played Courtney Love. I wasn't wasn't given that option. I forgot it was in there. In the midst of the initial sessions for Foo Fighters' second album, tensions emerged between Grohl and Goldsmith. Dave had me do 96 takes of one song, and I had to do 13 hours worth of takes on another. It just seemed that everything I did wasn't good enough for him or anyone else. Goldsmith also believed that record company wanted Grohl to drum on the album. With the album seemingly complete, Grohl headed home to Virginia with a copy of the rough mixes and found himself unhappy with the results. Grohl penned a few nice songs, recorded one of them, Waking After You, by himself... Walking. Walking. See, I just... Gosh, I'm sorry. Recorded one of them, Walking After You. It's waking. (laughs) By himself at a studio in Washington, D.C. Because sometimes in bed... Your significant other will wake before you, so you and then you wrote a song about <laughs> you waking up after them. That's right. I'm waking up after you. <laughs> and you're mad because I got to sleep in. You went to work. I didn't go to. That song was written for us this morning. That was. I did yes. wake up after you. You did wake up after me, and I really was not very happy about that. <laughs> I was so inspired by the session that I opted to move the band. Without Goldsmith's knowledge, whoops, to Los Angeles to re-record most of the album with me behind the drums. Goldsmith officially announced his departure from the band. I quit! Grohl said, after the whole affair... There were a lot of reasons it didn't work out, but there was also a part of me that was like, you know, I don't know if I'm finished playing the drums yet. I wish that I would have handled things differently, but I didn't. Oh wait, so Goldsmith was the drummer? Yes. yes. Oh, okay, I caught I caught From up. Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah. It was all in there like 10 minutes ago. Okay, well, I'm finally caught up. The effort was released in May 1997 as the band's second album, The Color and the Shape, which eventually cemented Foo Fighters as a staple of rock radio. The album sp- spawned several hits, including Everlong, My Hero, and Monkey Wrench. Right before the album's release, former Alanis Morissette drummer Taylor Hawkins joined the band on drums. That's got to be intimidating. 
to join to join Dave Grohl's band playing Dave Grohl's instrument. Yeah, well, which are all of them. Yeah, but the drums, <laughs> drums. is really what he. I know I got that right. Got um, his pop, pop quiz. Yes, you did get that right. I did right. get that right. I know. <laughs> I mean, he's a good guitar player too, but. During pauses and touring, Grohl lived in Seattle and Los Angeles before returning to Alexandria, Virginia. It was there that he turned his basement into a recording studio where the 1999 album, There's Nothing Left to Lose, was recorded. It was intoxicating at times. We were left completely to our own devices. On November 23rd, 2002, Grohl achieved a historical milestone by replacing himself on the top of the Billboard Modern Rock chart when You Know You're Right by Nirvana was replaced by All My Life by the Foo Fighters. When All My Life ended its run, No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age, uh, which Grohl was the drummer for, took the number one spot. He was on the charts as a member of three different groups. Not a big fan of Queens of the Stone Age. They have a few good songs. I think they get more credit than they're due, to be Like honest. I said, they have a few good songs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably enough to fill a Greatest Hits album and you're good to go. Yeah. I mean, honestly, all you can play is the rocks in the Stone Age. There wasn't really many instruments. No, but there's queens. Yes, in the Stone Age. But no kings. On June 12th, 2015, while playing a show in Gothenburg, Sweden, Grohl fell off the stage, breaking his leg. Ow, my leg! He left temporarily (laughs) and returned with a a cast to finish the concert. On my Game of Thrones chair. (laughs) (laughs) The band had to cancel the remainder of its European tour. To avoid having to also cancel the North American tour, Grohl designed a large elevated throne, which would allow him to perform on stage with a broken leg. Grohl used the stage's video screens to show the crowd a video of him falling from the stage in Gothenburg, as well as x-rays of his broken leg. The Foo Fighters then began to sell new tour merchandise, rebranding it as the Broken Leg Tour. That is genius. It is genius. Grohl, what did they do with the old merchandise? Did they sell that also? No, that goes to the kids in Africa, like the Super Bowl stuff that never actually gets sold. Yeah, the losing Super Bowl team. Do you actually believe the meme, or are you just joking? <laughs> no, I totally think that happened. Okay, because I would, uh, you two, I would believe that you believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't no. I think the kid looks so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Oh my God. <laughs> Grohl later lent the throne to Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses after Rose suffered a similar injury at the band's first show. With like, ah, my knee, my knee. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> Damn you. You beat me to it. Uh, I've been f- waiting this whole script just to do that one joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, you got, now you have to do it. We have to compare who did it better. No, Jail did it better. Okay. Um, uh, Rose suffered a similar injury at the band's first show with Slash and Duff McKagan in nearly 20 years. On July 31st, 2015, Grohl posted a personal reply to Fabio Zeffignini. Sure. And Marcos. Wait, isn't that the model guy? Sabu. Sabu. We don't know who that is. Fabio? Sabio. Yes. And the 1,000 musicians who participated in the Rockin' 1000 project in Cessna. Cessna, Italy, where all 1,000 musicians sang the Foo Fighters song, Learn to Fly. This was an effort to bring the band to play to Cessna. Grohl stated in broken Italian, I promise the Foo Fighters will see you soon. On November 3rd, the Foo Fighters performed in Cessna, where Dave invited some Rockin' 1,000 members onto the stage to perform with the band. While he sat in his throne. That video is pretty cool. It's on YouTube if you ever... 
right next to the kids getting the Super Bowl merchandise. Yes, and they're all dancing. <laughs> they look so happy. <laughs> maybe it wasn't Super. Maybe it was World Series. No, it's, it's all of them. They they get shirts. How many championship games do we have a year? One. No, we have to have more than one. I don't know. I don't Yay, watch sports. Sports. I don't either. <laughs> Go team. No sports. Well, let's do the, some fishbowl facts on Dave Grohl. This is where we have random facts in a fishbowl. We'll pull them out, read them one by one. Fishbowl facts. Yeah. I am. Make the the fishbowl. We start with JL. This was his topic. That's right. Did you know that Dave Grohl is self-conscious about the size of his nostrils and has had a complex about them since the age of 12? His sister's friend used to tease him and say she could see his brain through his nostrils. Aww. His damn brainage. Kids damn, are so mean. Dane brainage. <laughs> Dane brainage. All right, we go in a circle, so you're next, Laura. In the Foo Fighters video Breakout, Dave's mother makes a guest appearance as a disgruntled driver who gives Grohl the middle finger when he tries to overtake her. That was kind of sexy too. <laughs> Grohl and the Foo Fighters sometimes perform as the cover band Chevy Metal. Interesting. Did you know that no. Dave Grohl is not allowed to drive in Australia due to his drunk driving on a rented scooter? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Me too. I mean, come on. Doesn't that happen to all of us? No. Grohl was vice president of his freshman high school class. That was it? Yeah. That was it. Well, okay. he had a short high school. <laughs> yes, he left in junior year. All right. Grohl, pra- Grohl practiced playing the drums on pillows until he could afford his own drum set. Everybody does that. Which That's is cool. weird because I practice pillows on drums. That way you don't get as much sound. It doesn't upset the neighbors. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what that means either. In 2009, Dave was awarded a key to his hometown of Warren, Ohio, and had a road, Dave Grohl Alley, named after him. That's cool. It's a one-way street. Not a road, an alley. I would take it. It's on the back roads. Name something, name a road after me. Dave worked on Tenacious D's debut album. (laughs) That is my fishbowl fact. DeVos Alley. Yeah, I'll take an alley. DeVos Drive. I'll take a street, a drive, a parkway, a highway... A DeVos Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> Wake me up when September ends. Yeah, that's right. That's a different band. Oh. oh. Yeah. But Dave Grohl drummed for them also. No, Probably. no he didn't. <laughs> no. Is that all the fishbowl facts? That's all the fishbowl facts. We're empty of fishbowl facts? Why yeah. wasn't there any about the Learn to Fly video? We there mentioned was. Tenacious D. Wasn't there? No. Didn't he get the middle finger? No, that was Breakout. Oh. Which is a great song. What? What is your fact about the learning to fly video well they put on a lot of makeup and most of them played women no no just taylor hawkins and dave Grohl. oh well i mean he made a very pretty flight attendant (laughs) Uh, well we got a new segment where we have people from our facebook group uh call in and leave us messages on the topic so here are some of our awesome listeners calling about dave Grohl. so this first one is um Toe from the Gravity Beard Podcast. Here's what he has to say about Dave Grohl. I know this is Toe from the Gravity Beard Podcast calling about Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. I love those guys. I think they've put out a ton of great material. They seem to be pretty good dudes. And most importantly, possibly, is the fact that Dave Grohl seems, seems to be the last ambassador for rock music. 
Uh, he's been everywhere he goes. He pumps up rock music. He still plays pure rock music. It's fantastic. So I love the Foo Fighters and I love Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Best of luck to him. So he's right. I mean, there's not a lot of like traditional rock bands anymore. So that's very good observation, I think. I mean, you got the old guys. They're still kicking around and playing, but there's not like I don't want to say rock is dead because it's not it's just evolved into something different right yeah you just don't have your traditional rock bands like you used to where it's all guitar driven Hmm. yeah it's sad i mean it's like a a combination of punk and rock and pop now which i actually like that sound there's nothing wrong with it but you know when the airways were ruled by rolling stones and led zeppelin and you know dave grohl is the last of the rock gods hmm so, and I appreciate that from Toth. Uh, Gravity Beard Podcast is an awesome friend of ours. So go check out his podcast. Yeah. Um, this next one is from Heather, who's a Facebook friend of mine. And it's always posting how much she loves Dave Grohl. And when I put the thing up, I had on the Facebook page, she's like never called in. I'm like, why aren't you calling in? This is a subject that's near and dear to your heart. So I had to yell at her. So she finally did call <laughs> in and leave a message. Hi, this is Heather. I'm calling from Tennessee, and I have been instructed by Mr. Christopher DeVos to call and um, talk about the Foo Fighters and mostly Dave Grohl because, as he well knows, because we're friends on Facebook, I have a slight obsession with the man. Um, and so he wanted me to call in um, and contribute to your all show, which I'm happy to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been a fan of the Foo Fighters since... 2000 when they did a show at my university at James Madison um, my senior year uh, it was a great way to end my my time there and um, one of the best shows I've been to one of the best top five shows I've ever been to um, just really entertaining fun um, it was basically right at the beginning of their career they'd come out with a couple albums before uh, it was their, their, there's nothing left to lose album and uh so it's just the three of them. Pat Smear wasn't with them again. He had left. But anyway, um, it was just a really energetic and fun show. And uh, then I didn't get to see them again until last year in 2017 in Knoxville. And uh, that was also a, an amazing, fantastic show. It was really fun to see how much they've grown um, and basically 17 years since I'd seen them before and in between that time I'd always gotten their albums and followed them on social medias and um, watched interviews and videos and things like that about with them um, just they just seem like really great guys and and they're so talented and funny and also humble at the same time and um, just hard to put into words why they're my favorite band and have been my favorite band for so long other than the fact that I just feel that their contribution to music is incredible and uh, they just kick ass and that's pretty much it Um, other than that Dave Grohl is a beautiful man and uh, we need to keep him protected and um, safe so because the world needs him now because we no longer have Freddie Mercury anyway um Hope you guys have a great show, and uh, I'll listen in. Thanks. Bye. We should definitely bubble wrap him and Betty White. <laughs> Maybe together. Well, you can't, 
you can tell that she doesn't have much to say on the topic. Not She's not long. obsessed with Dave Grohl at all. That Chris, was the shortest message that we got out of everybody. Are you being facetious? Yes. Okay. I also would like to point out that that's a southern accent. <laughs> she said not to make fun of her accent. Oh, well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I wasn't. I was making fun of your accent. Oh, okay. When you were being southern at the beginning of the show. Okay. Which was not southern. It was southern to me. It was not southern. I took a big swig of sweet tea before you I did didn't that. because it's sitting in front of you because that's what I drank. Yes, and you did not touch it. All right. Well, this next call is from Mark, who uh, did our Bigfoot episode with us. Yeah, we had a Bigfoot episode. Yep. Yeah, you weren't there for that one. Oh, that's why Mark was there. Mark was you. He wasn't. He was a good you, but he wasn't a you you. Is that like a yo yo? (laughs) There is only one jail. Like a Highlander. (laughs) Here's Mark. Yeah, I was calling about the Foo Fighters. Uh, Foo Fighters, uh, interesting group. Um, One of my favorite uh, songs from them is Learn to Fly. Uh, Video is absolutely hilarious. Uh, uh, It's really funny. It's uh, the actual lead singer playing all different parts of the the, uh, uh, flight that's going to take off. Uh, It's awesome. Awesome uh, video, very well done. Uh, pretty funny as well. Um, and I also like a song called uh, Times Like These. Uh, it's an um, absolutely really cool uh, song. Got me like, kind of motivated sometimes in the morning when I played it um, on the way to work. And if you have any trouble times, you know, you just uh, kind of a little bit of motivation from it. But to learn to fly, one of the biggest things in that song is the rock band. Uh, rock band. That was the first song that I aced on the rock band <laughs> uh, on Xbox. Uh, that was my uh, acing it, singing it, guitar and drums. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely a cool group. Uh, uh, wish they would uh, make some more songs. That's uh, good, good stuff. Thanks. Now, I can't remember if you said it on the air or off the air, but didn't you say that you aced that song as well on rock band? Yeah, it definitely wasn't on the air that I said that. It was, yes. And didn't I say that must have been the easiest song then? You did, you did. So I don't know why you (laughs) want to bring that up again, unless you would like to sleep on the sofa tonight. (sighs) Yikes! I did not ace that song. I don't remember. Oh, see, then therefore it is not the easiest song because JL didn't ace it. I play it more than you. If you and Mark aced it, then it must have been. A very hard song. No, you don't have to be that way. You just don't want to sleep on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Um, This next caller is Jack, and uh, Jack knows a lot about music. I I know Jack personally. Um, He also plays a bunch of different instruments, I believe, and um, big fan of uh, all styles of music. We talk about music all the time at work, so... It's very happy he called in. Here's Jack. Hello, Chris. This is Jack Watson discussing the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. I'm a man who loves all kinds of music. Um, this gentleman in particular is my age. You're getting there close to. I'm 50. He's around late 40s. I'm liking him more and more. I've never seen him live. However, I became a big Nirvana fan. And to become or shall I say, come out from underneath the drum set in front of band and continue uh, your career. You must have some kind of talent. Uh, therefore, um, I do like 
David Grohl's particular way they bring a child or a young adult out from the audience each evening on their live tours and uh, do covers. And apparently these children really know the David Grohl and the Foo Fighters music, and at least other rock and roll songs that they all uh, contribute to. But uh, if they do and whenever they do come through, I might go see them live. However, they're a little bit hard for me. However, I respect their musicianship uh, 110%. Um, as you know, my friend plays in the Matchbox Boys, but this is one concert uh, I have not seen yet live, and I do not own any of his records. However, I do really respect David Grohl and the uh, musicianship and uh, his accompaniment and group of guys that he has with him. Um, and that's all I have to tell you. Thanks. Have a great day. So that's one of the great things about Jack. He basically said, I don't listen to him, but here's a bunch of information about him anyway. <laughs> no, he respects him. Well, oh. yeah, I respect him too. I mean, that had to be tough. And I know that um, him and Courtney Love had fought for years Still. and years. And Courtney Love would would publicly say things like, your band is horrible if you bring the drummer out to sing and stuff like that. Did you just say Still? Is she still alive? Yes. yes. It's just oh. her career's that dead. Oh, <laughs> I yes. thought she fell into a hole, I think. I thought they made up at the Music Awards, at the uh, Hall of Fame or I whatever. I really think they did. No, it was just all for show. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. I wouldn't make up with her either. I don't think anybody has. <laughs> all right, and this last, we got one more call, and this last call is from a guy named Bruder, and uh, he has a different take on the Foo Fighters. Oh, uh, yeah, my name is Bruder, and uh, I don't listen to your show. I didn't listen to the Pink Floyd episode. I didn't listen to the Tim Curry episode. I don't listen to real podcasts like Serial and uh, Gravity Beard, but I don't like Dave Grohl. I don't like the Foo Fighters. I don't like spaghetti. Are we being punked? So yeah, whoever this Bruder guy is, he doesn't. You know, you know what I noticed about Bruder? What, what? did you notice? He only liked episodes that Chris picked. <laughs> That's not true. He also especially Pink Floyd. No, he said he didn't listen to those. Yeah, he didn't listen to those. He said he, he didn't, didn't listen, listen to, to the Foo those. Fighters either. No, <laughs> he didn't listen to the Foo Fighters either. But you know, he, he sounded like, like uh, um, somebody we heard earlier tonight. Who? I don't know. I think it was the terrible accent guy. <laughs> Which one? The southern one, right? Was it the southern guy no, was, at the beginning? That was Bruder. He doesn't like our show. I so don't know. If you put somebody who doesn't like our show onto our show, are we rewarding this bad behavior? I think we are. He you must know what? Be a dis- we can take both sides. You don't have to call in saying, oh, I love the Foo Fighters. You can call in and say you hate the Foo Fighters. How would you say it? Show? How would you say? Why? They said they hate our show. Why <laughs> they did. put them on our show? And that's why the first time we did this is not around anymore because of Bruder. <laughs> He also said that he didn't listen to our most downloaded episode, which is Pink Floyd. So I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, he said he only listens to real podcasts. Yes, like Serial. And Gravity Beard. And and something about a beard. Contest. (laughs) Contest. I said contest. Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Yes. He only listens to Serial and Gravity Beard. He likes breakfast food and facial hair. What? Cereal? Cereal? No, S E. You said cereal. You could tell you don't listen to any podcast. It's like the biggest named podcast out there. 
I well, she can was I, making a joke. I was, about the but you know what? Sounding. But word. she, I, I didn't know because she doesn't listen to podcasts. She doesn't you like, also she didn't even listen to us record this episode. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the room. I, I, know. I haven't listened to any other podcasts, the, even the two I've been on now. <laughs> the only thing she heard was some bad Southern accent that somebody did. Yeah, at a, the beginning of the show. Well, that it was, was a, a good good accent it wasn't Christopher there's people who will listen to the show in the south and be like where did they get that southern guy <laughs> no they won't oh man I can't believe they got that southern guy on that show <laughs> oh no that's <laughs> even worse <laughs> <laughs> alright well let's rate this beer uh, let's start with you JL since you're our expert I'm gonna give it a four is that all you have to say about it yeah it's got a different taste to it the aftertaste I think is what's keeping me away from it for the most part it's alright a little smooth but better at the end i'm also going to give it a four i think this is a lot lighter than normal ipas um i'm surprised it's labeled an ipa because if you put it down in front of me and said here drink this i would never guess this was an ipa yeah i don't really find it to be an ipa either just well it's a daycation so maybe it's like a it's an IPA on vacation yes. from being a traditional IPA. Well, yes. I'm not day drinking with daycation. <laughs> See, well, I you, liked it. You would if you were having four of them. Yeah, but I'll be done by then. <laughs> what did you think, Laura? What's your rating? I'd give it a zero. Really? A zero? Yes. I don't like the hoppy taste. I don't like hoppy beers. Want some highlight? No, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> See, I didn't think this one was very hoppy at oh, all. Oh, I tasted it. Especially Even a little bit IPA. of hop is horrible. It's got a little bite to it, but it's it's nothing. It is definitely smooth. It is much smoother IPA than normal. Like you guys said, you wouldn't really classify it as an IPA, but um, I would give it a three because it's good, but I just, I'm not crazy about it. So it's it, eh, eh, a three. I was Middle surprised. Of the road. When I took that yeah. first sip, I was surprised. And there's some citrusy notes to it, I thought. At least that's what I tasted. Yes. It says Hoppy Floral Session. Well, I didn't oh, taste take dandelions. A That's this why hop- it's a session IPA. Oh. What does that mean? It's a little different than a normal IPA. That's why you're getting like the dry, hoppy bitterness at the end. You like sessions, don't you? The Is that the same that you're talking about, JL? The sessions company or? No, it's like no, a style. It's a style of beer, but I think you like it. I thought that was a comp. The one that I liked, I thought that was the company. No, name. that was the beer. That was the style of beer. Yes. Sessions. Okay, I do yes. like sessions. I like the one that we had at work. JL, the red and the black for a while. Oh, yeah. I like those. Full session? No, what was it? I thought it was called Sessions. Mm, no, it was And something. it has a little um, thumbs up in the cap or thumbs down. The little games in the cap. Um, sessions. I thought they were called beer. Sessions. Yeah, I thought no. that was the brewery, but apparently that's Are a you style. Thinking omission? They I were think like, so. They were like little, they came in the, like a little squat bottle. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a regular full beer sale bottle. Sessions. Full That's sale sessions. That's it. Full sale. sale. Okay. Yeah. Full sale brewery. And it's session. I liked those. Yeah. Jail's sessions. Not, jail's not giving me session any feed, feedback. Oh, he's researching with... how to explain like a session. Oh, okay. <laughs> he totally tuned you out. Well, I was, I was wondering <laughs> if you liked them too. Because mm. eh. if I liked them, I expect you not to like them. Yeah. Eh. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just I just like the cap. Yes, that's probably it. <laughs> so session beers have lower alcohol content, which is why Chris likes them. <laughs> and an IPA, it, the session IPA combines the hoppiness of an IPA and the lower alco- alcohol content of a session beer. Okay. And this one is 4.9 ABV, so it's kind of on the average. Where if this were a normal side. IPA, it would probably be in the six range. Yep. 
I learned something new. The more you know. So you like session IPAs? Was those, <laughs> was those full sales IPAs? No, they were sessions. They were just sessions. Yes. So this is a hybrid. Yes. yes. I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Well, that's our Dave Grohl show. Uh, Nicole, yes. where can you find us and talk about the group? You can find us on Spreaker. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you find your podcast, just type in Podcast 42 and you will find us. You can also find us on our Facebook group, the official Podcast 42 show Facebook page, something like that. Um, it will ask you how you heard about us. So we just approve you. We just approve you. But it's just fun to see where we're getting our listeners and followers from. Also, if you'd like to send us any emails, our email address is podcast42show at gmail.com. What do you have to do, JL? Oh, you have to type 42 yes. numerically. Yes. Don't type out <laughs> the words 42. It's very yeah, a lot more typing. I know. Mm-hmm. But you never know. We try to make it easy. Yeah, so podcast42show at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon for um, exclusive sound checks and past scripts and bonus content and episodes that we've recorded that are no longer on the public domain. So that would be cool. Help us pay for some of this beer that we have every week. Anything else? That's it. You did good. Thank you. Well, thank you, Laura, for joining us. Yes, it was nice having you. Yes, it was right. great having you sit here. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if I was written into the script, I would have. You could have been like, Courtney Love. Well, I was not told. I did not have a script in front either. of me, so I could even have jumped in as Courtney Love. <laughs> but you did good. You did exactly what I what we do anyway. So you fit right in. It was okay. perfect. BS what, the entire time. You out? Hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, I'm used. To, I'm used to That's that. what I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She's learning. She's a fast learner. I yeah. sometimes forget Nicole is even here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he does. <laughs> and I, then never I start picking on her, and she's sitting right there next to me, staring at me. And I'm like, "Oh, when did she get here?" <laughs> I never forget I'm here. I never forget that I'm here. All right. Well, I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasone. JL Trost. I'm Laura. Hey. Hey. No way. No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Bye. 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 All celebrity voices have been impersonated poorly. All conversations may or may not be 100% accurate as well. We have attempted to provide you with the facts as best to our knowledge with the help of a case of beer, some old man that tells stories down by the river, Wikipedia, and old homemade YouTube documentaries. Do not use anything you heard in this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. A really 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 bad grade. Just like all of our hosts did when they were in school. Music was provided by Cremo. You can find more of his tunes at Cremo.com. This has been a Podcast 42 production. 